Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. Eric, let's talk a little bit about my topic for this section, the junk drawer. I know everybody's got one. You've got one, right? I got probably four. (laughs) (laughs) At the house, at the office, or both? Probably three at the house and one here at the office. Well, I got a, I got an office in my house, so I yeah. got one there. And then we have two in our kitchen. And uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, batteries. And then, you know. Yeah, you, everybody's um, got them. You know what? The, the one thing I've accumulated a lot over the years is uh, when you when you get Christmas lights and then you get a box of them and you take out, they always give you those little package of leftover light or extra lights and the little fuses and oh, that kind of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just put it somewhere where I won't forget where they are. And I probably had like 15 packages of those in a drunk drawer we cleaned out one time, so. That and, served its purpose well. And it seems to me like the junk drawer, the stuff that's in there is never, it's never the stuff that you really need when you need it. Like you immediately go to it and go, oh yes, I know exactly where that's at. It's in the junk drawer. And then you go, oh, nope, it's not in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like always like you need a flashlight and you know it's in the junk drawer or it's supposed to be, but it never is. Well, so let's think about that concept or that analogy of our junk drawer at home where we have those uh, rubber bands and highlighters and tape measures and pair of scissors and yada, yada, yada. Well, we probably also have a financial junk drawer. Now, maybe it's not a physical place, but for a lot of us, I think it is. Maybe it's a filing cabinet or a safe or a strong box or something like that. And we throw some financial products or information in there and we kind of forget about it, much like our junk drawer. So here's a few things we might find in it. We'll let Eric talk to us about, um, you know, maybe some things to think about should we find this in the financial junk drawer. So uh, an old life insurance policy, more than likely that's where it's kept. Right. And um, I've seen some of these and it's kind of interesting is how they were, you know, on the old typewriter systems, you know, and uh, they're trifolded and the paper's real brittle. It's almost like a, an old C-scroll sometimes when you take these things out. And a lot of times they were old policies that um, the parents took out uh, on the kids, you know, like a $10,000 face value whole life policy that uh, the agent would come around weekly and, or monthly and collect the uh, premium, which is like, you know, 25 cents, something like that. So right, right. They have these old policies and um, they're still, you know, they're still viable. Companies are still there. A lot of times they've changed hands a lot of times. Um, you know, they've gone from ABC life to now it's uh, XYZ life and, you know, it's still a viable policy. But knowing how these things can help you and maybe consolidating some of those might be worthwhile. Uh, a lot of people as they approach retirement don't think that they need life insurance any longer. And I always make the argument that you're correct in that you don't need it for the traditional reasons that you bought it which is probably, you know, pay off debt and replace income and get the kids through college. But when you consider the tax ramifications that life insurance can help with, um, it's a it's an asset class you really need to reevaluate uh, because it's one of the only three things that is tax-free out there, and it can really help you in retirement. So before you start canceling policies or turning them in, uh, make sure you look at it strategically. But, yeah, having old life insurance policies, you want to see how they can affect your plan, how they can help, and maybe advantageous to make a change on those. Yeah, because there's a lot of ways where the policy probably going to get better coverage, more coverage for less money. 
money. Because uh, oh, life expectancies are increasing. Yeah. Right, right. Those are written on old, old mortality tables. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So a lot of different ways where that looking at that old life insurance policy with your advisor and saying, hey, is there a way we can kind of update this or uh, maybe get some better use out of that? Something you definitely would find in the financial junk drawer. I guess the same thing for the sister documents, like a, like an outdated will or an estate plan. You might find the same thing there as well. Right, especially when you wrote one, maybe the kids were minors, and so you had these whole provisions about who was going to, uh, you know, be the uh, guardian for those children. And now your kids are in their thirties with their own families, <laughs> and so you're like, oh, I guess they don't need a guardian anymore. Right, <laughs> it may feel like it sometimes, but so updating those. Also, you know, I always recommend updating your estate plan on anything that ends with a D. So uh, D is in dog. So that would be a decade. You know, ten years. Review those things. Anytime you have a a disability, um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. There's a death, um, a divorce, you add or lose a dependent, things like that. Things on the D's is when you should you know, reevaluate those things. That's very clever. I like that. Yeah, it's a good way of thinking about that. I'm going to borrow that and use that uh, when I talk to other folks. So, right. yeah, yeah, it's a good way to do that. So, again, these are things that can kind of sit there. We do that set it and forget it kind of mentality sometimes when it comes to the junk drawer and certainly the financial junk drawer. We toss these things in there and we kind of forget about them. And it's a good idea to update these because uh, you certainly can wind up with a few more issues if you don't. We may not see this one as much anymore with all the online stuff, Eric, but we used to get those green social security statements in, right? You might you might have one in there from like, you know, Clinton's administration or something. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, now they're black and white. I think um, they save a few bucks by not doing color printing. And just online um, too, right? And a lot of it's online. You know, the funny thing was is that um, people called social security thinking that their benefits were taken away because they didn't get a statement. I think they moved back to like a five-year disbursement on those papers too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can always go online and check it. And when people come into our office, because um, one of the things we ask them to um, get is their Social Security amounts because we do a Social Security analysis in the first appointment. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times they say, well, I try to log in. I get like got locked out because it's very um, – there's a lot of questions you have to answer. I, I tell people it's kind of like – remember that uh, show Get Smart? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you had to go through all those different elevators and doors and things like that. Right. It's kind of right. like that. You had to get through all these doors and things to secure things to get it. Well, there's an easy way called the retirement estimator, which with a few mouse clicks, it is a secure site, a couple pieces of information, and it's really accurate to what your benefits will be. Um, but the thing about the statement was kind of cool is that it shows you know, every earnings that you've had since they've been reported to the government. Yeah, it had the breakdown, yeah. Yeah, so you go back to like, you know, 1974. I asked someone the other day, they made uh, like $930 that yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, what'd you do? <laughs> First shot when you were pumping gas or something. Yeah. Yeah. And would you do the same work now for the same vet, for the same money? Yeah. And overwhelmingly, <laughs> the answer is. No. no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's important to have those estimates, though. You want to have them as up to date as possible. Again, to your point, when you're trying to do some speculation and some projections, you want to kind of, you know, know the, the most uh, current numbers. Right. And the one thing is the Social Security statements are always going to take a little bit of liberty in saying, hey, if you keep earning this amount of money and they assume that you're going to get some kind of cost of living increases or raises in your money as well based on your past ones. So a lot of people want to know, what if I leave now? What's my benefit going to be? Right. And so online, actually, the retirement estimator allows you to say that, hey, what if I stop at 58, but it's just going to show you what you will earn at 62, what you'd be able to claim. And a lot of times it's not um, that far off from what you get if you continue to work till 62. Yeah. So because it's 35 years of work and the latter years hold more weight than the beginning years um, or because they contribute more because as those earlier years fall off, you know, you made $950 in 1974, but you made, let's say, $75,000 in 2019. That's going to add a lot more in that 
nine hundred dollars you earned in seventy four. Exactly. So, but that way you get a more accurate number, and then you can fit in your plan and see if it can work by maybe leaving early, hopefully retiring early. Absolutely. Well, these are things you might find in the financial junk drawer, and they're good things to update, get uh, the most current information on, make sure that you do uh, have these conversations with your financial advisor and say, hey, let's clean out this financial junk drawer. We got a couple more here before we take a break. Orphaned accounts, 401k statements. We definitely have mentioned this multiple times in the past, but uh, you might find that in your junk drawer where you left a job maybe a decade ago and you forgot all about it. It and it's just been sitting there. Yeah. So hopefully it's worth more than, than what it was on that statement. And for me, I feel unless you left employment or retired after age 55, for me, I see no reason to keep your money in an old 401k. Um, but people do all the time. They do because they think there's no fees. Right. And, and so when you go to an opposite, IRA, yeah. a lot of times it's got to be exposed. And the 401ks are laden with fees. You just don't see any of them. Also, the thing about leaving it an old plan is that that plan decides to change and move to another plan, which they do more often than not now. Your plan moves. Also, from a distribution standpoint, you have really no flexibility in taking distributions from a tax standpoint, being the automatic tax withholding when you take money out of a 401k versus an IRA. You have more tax. You can you can choose whether you want taxes withheld or not. Right. And also just the you know investments that you can receive in a 401k are limited to what the plan has. In an IRA, you can choose anything. So a lot more flexibility. You go to an IRA, it still maintains its tax-deferred status. So to me, there's no reason to keep it in an old 401k. Yeah, and again, you just have that. You just have so many more options available to you by getting it out of there and getting it into an IRA. So uh, certainly, one you definitely want to get updated there as well. I got a couple, maybe not as common for everybody, but I think these are some fun ones for some folks to think about. U.S. savings bonds. You used to get those from like your grandparents. I used to get those every now and again for like Christmas or a birthday. Oh yeah, I say my uh, my events. It's nothing nothing more uh, fun for a seven year old than getting a piece of paper saying, "Hey, you can have twenty five dollars in seven years." Thanks, Grandma. Yeah, yeah. So people have these. I mean, they did payroll deduct. It was a big option, and yeah, people come in with a little book and they have all their numbers written in, you know. And uh, that's online now, so you can go online and check. So one thing, if you have those old savings bonds, you one you want to make sure they're still earning interest because after thirty years, they stop earning interest. Um, it's also going to tell you what the deferred interest is. So if you go to cash them, remember, that's going to be ordinary income, that deferred interest. So that's going to hit your tax uh, statement pretty hard. And you know, I had a client that had a tremendous amount. And uh, when they did that, they had to strategically do it because it was going to be a lot of tax they were going to owe. Because they took away, the government took away this option where you could convert them to HH bonds and defer that taxation. So why do you think the government did that? Taxes. More tax revenue, right. right? Exactly. So they tend to take away the things that benefit you to benefit them <laughs> in the way more It's a more recurring taxes. theme. <laughs> yeah. So just be cognizant if they're still earning interest and, um, you know, when you want to start cashing those to, you know, do what you meant. You saved for the future and you want to spend that money and enjoy it. So just have to be mindful of the taxes they're going to cause. Yeah. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready.
Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.